Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pastrami Nation, the meat of pop culture. My name is Nolan Smith, and joining us today for Pastrami Nation, we have Rebecca Benson. Hello. And we have the one and only Kevin Hoskinson. Hey, guys. And joining us for this interview, we, he's been on our podcast before. He has a brand new book out on Kickstarter right now called The Polar Paradox. Uh, we'd like to welcome Frank Martin. Hello. Yeah, Frank. <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Oh, great. So, so let's go ahead and I wanted to go ahead and pass the mic to Rebecca. Sure. Yeah. So as we just said, welcome back. And if you could please tell us a little bit about Polar Paradox. Sure. Polar Paradox. Um, it's a two-part sci-fi adventure comic. Uh, there's a little bit of mystery in there too. Fairly basic premise. A group of scientists, they're uncharting waters off the coast of Antarctica. Uh, this takes place in the near future and they go missing. So then a group of rescue divers have to go in after them and they, they go to this uncharted world and they encounter crazy sea life. And it's a, it's kind of a real treacherous mission. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so what? <laughs> you don't have to tell me when you could go pee pee. You could just go. <laughs> real life everybody this happens right yep <laughs> it happens a lot <laughs> mommy, she would love to know <laughs> wonderful world of, of zooming from home right Absolutely. um so yeah so i got uh, we all had the chance to read the book earlier and i thought it was fantastic um what were kind of some of your main inspirations for writing this book i mean it's 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 got elements of all kinds of cool sci-fi you know, stories that you know, I love. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like Journey to the Center of the Earth type stuff, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, pl I played on a lot of the classic sci-fi stuff uh, in, in devising the story, but really the main inspiration didn't come from a work of fiction at all. I read National Geographic religiously and oh, cool. I got a subscription and I read it cover to cover to cover every issue. And a couple of years ago, they did a story that was basically the first half of the premise. A bunch of scientists, they cut a hole in the ice they go diving into a place nobody's ever been to before. And they snapped a whole bunch of pictures of all these crazy animals that evolved in all these wild paths. And um, I'm like, this is perfect for a sci-fi setting. So I was kind of developing uh, ideas and pitches with a artist at the time. So I kind of screenshotted a bunch of these images, a bunch of these animals. And I said, um, what do you think? Can you, you into this world? And he was absolutely. So we just kind of, we ran with it. And uh, before we know it, we have a comic. Cool. Man, makes me want to go back and read all those National Geographic. I was the same way. I used to, every month I would buy them, read them cover to cover because mm -hmm. just you know, real life is so inspiring. So, um, man, what? A, yeah, how, I, how I cool. stole a whole bunch of. Uh, it's not just the pictures too. You know, it's also the details that are in the story. And I kind of yeah. nitpicked and, and grabbed them and I threw them in the book. Like for instance, they were talking about how um, it was so cold when they were doing this mission that they would cut a hole in the ice. And they would go grab their gear and it would refreeze before they had a chance to dive in. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's so cool. uh, that was, I put that, that was a little detail I kind of took out of the story and then I threw it into the comic. So a little stuff like that lends a little uh, scientific credibility to the book. That's great. No, and you did mention that you were tossing this idea around with the artist. Uh, how did you connect with uh, the artist for this book? So we met at a local con. It wasn't, it wasn't too big. It was kind of a region, regional con and I was tabling uh, selling some of my books and he was attending walking around and he said wow these are really cool Are you a comic writer and I said yes and he said I'm an artist 
I think he went to Joe Kubert School of Art, so he, he oh, definitely cool. has, he has got a great background. And he's and we kind of we talked a little bit, we exchanged information, we started emailing back and forth, and um, kind of just hit it off. And it doesn't really a lot of times it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you guys are just aren't on the same page and we can't figure out how to start a project. But um, this was one of the ideas I was really into and he was super into it too. He developed a whole bunch of different designs for the suits and the submarine. So uh, he was he was super into it. And and as a writer, it's awesome to find an artist that wants to draw something you want to write. You know, you don't want to force anything on them to make them do something that they're bored with or or just not into. So for the characters, were you, are they from the National Geographic or were you watching something? Because I felt like I was on, you know, their vessels and everything with them. Uh, no, I mean, not really. The, the characters are just kind of, especially from the divers, I just kind of took the standard archetypes of the team dynamic. You know, you got the... Mm -hmm got the cocky guy that always wants the mouth off and then you got the um the leader you know like the leonardo of the group and then you have the 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 soul of the team you know the heart that kind of glues them all together so i kind of took those tropes and i kind of okay. built characters around that because when you're on an adventure you need that kind of dynamic to play off of each other right absolutely and it's kind of like who will survive kind of thing and you know yeah, and that's kind of the cool thing about doing doing something like this to create your own property, whether your characters, you can put them through the gauntlet, torture them, do whatever you want with them, kill them if you need to. Whereas something like a, a book with the big two and you're putting a whole bunch of characters together, you know, you don't really have that sense of if the stakes, you know, because you're not going to kill off Batman if they're if they go on a mission together. So it's right. it's awesome. You never really know what's going to happen around the corner. Literally in your. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely now um talk to us about the kickstarter project how has it been going so far so kickstarter is going pretty good um it's been it's uh it's going to be a three-week campaign it launched on january 12th so now we're about a week in we got two weeks left last i checked we have like 30 dollars to our goal so i'm kind of like the closer you get, the harder it seems to become. It's one, it's one of those things. So, uh, so yeah, I'm pushing on and uh, we should be hopefully hitting our goal soon. Um, it got a uh, standard cover and Antonio, the artist, he did the standard cover. It's really cool because it's a, it's a double page, like ensemble spread and he cut it down the middle. So one cut, one covers for part one and the other covers part two and they're going to connect together. So oh. I thought I'm super into that idea. I kind of, I have it on the Kickstarter page. So you kind of, kind of see what it looks like. Um, I got a variant book, a print set available. So, you know, kind of standard Kickstarter stuff to kind of round out the experience. A lot of collectors are into that stuff. Oh, very cool. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I love the idea that it, it connects it. That's super cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, he, I mean, I came up with the idea. I said, let's do uh, an ensemble piece where we get all the characters in there, all the animals. And he really took that idea and just exploded it. You know, it's really this huge, humongous thing uh, where they're like in, a, in Antarctica, all the characters, and it's, it's just a wild, a wild cover set that I think a lot of people are going to dig. Got that creepy squid in there right on the cover. <laughs> that one of the cool parts of the book you know like i'm just, I'm just looking at him i mean yeah i got yeah he throws um 
a whole bunch of different animals in there. There's a, uh, on the other side, I think we got crabs and um, sharks. So uh, the animals is one of the mo more fun parts of the, the definitely the story. Definitely. And I got to say, the art here is just outstanding, man. I mean, Lily, go get mommy. So that you that's your water. I can't fill it up. I'm talking. <laughs> you could if you wanted. We would wait. <laughs> but yeah, I was saying the, the art here is just absolutely amazing. So detailed. And, yeah. you know, once you get to that, hit, you know, the hidden part, you know, and you see, you know, the, the animals and the lush the environment. Page, like, the double page spread where it opens up. Ooh, yeah. man. Yeah. That's my art team. This is the anchor Aww. and the colorist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Antonio, Antonio did it all himself, and uh, he he initially didn't want to do the colors. He he was kind of hesitant to do it, and I said, you know what, just give it a shot, see how they came up with. And talking to people, the colors is one of the their, their favorite parts of the art. They really pop, and especially we had to do that because uh, when we're down underwater, there's no light source. You know, there's no mm -hmm. sun, so we had to find a way to light the scene. And luckily. A lot of animals down there that have bioluminescence they light themselves up so we kind of took that idea and ran with it to make them get wild colors on the jellyfish and the squid and all that stuff and it's well achieved i mean uh, you should i don't feel bad sharing this picture because i know you shared it on the social media but that yeah. i share i share yeah, I, right I, I go i go crazy i mean i'm not that worried about beef spoiling or anything anything to drive people in so yeah definitely that one image of um jellyfish attacking the squid ah uh, yeah it drives people crazy it does yeah. yeah i don't know there's just something about it you want to keep looking at it but you don't like <laughs> right yeah, anyway, oh shoot what's gonna happen now <laughs> it, it's a weird story because when i talk to people it has elements oh. of of horror oh. but it's not i wouldn't really book it yeah. as a horror book you know i wouldn't market it like that Right. But um, there are some people that are just they're scared of swimming in the ocean, you know, but they but they're in. I've spoken to one guy. He's he's into sci fi, but he doesn't like the ocean. So these are kind of his love and his hate are kind of combined a little. And he's like, it was terrifying me, but I, I couldn't stop reading it. So right. definitely has that horror element vibe to it a little, even though it's just not a straight up horror book. Right. Yeah, it wasn't quite. Yes. Or like you said, in a, you know, very family friendly and, you know, you don't really have to worry about too much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not meant to, it's not meant to scare, not right. meant to, to have the gore, but um, yeah, there's eels and they attack you. So. Yeah. <laughs> Go find mommy. She's on her bike. <laughs> Oh man. Never, never, never ends. I guess you can say. <laughs> no, we understand. <laughs> um, so can you tell us just a little bit about your kind of your your history with writing comics? Um how sure. long have you you know doing it for? I, um, I started writing I I would just say I fell in love with writing when you know in elementary school the teacher always gives out creative writing assignments, they tell oh, yeah. the kids to, to write stories. And then they, they move on to something else and they go on another assignment. I just, I kind of love that idea. So I kind of never stopped writing, you know, kids, especially when they're young, they want to write for their favorite characters and that right. fan fiction. So uh, that I kind of continued on that, that trajectory. So I 
primarily became a prose writer, you know, writing uh, short stories and writing novels. But I always read comics. So at some point in time, uh, my love of writing and my love of comics kind of collided. And I gave it a shot to try to write comics. And it's I've been at it for a couple of years now. It's a steep learning curve. It's mm -hmm. uh, totally different, you know, than writing prose. A lot of the, the building blocks are the same as far as characters and story. But um, I consider comic writing like putting a puzzle together. You know, there's a lot more pieces right. involved. And um, so I've taken a bunch of classes, worked on short stories. Uh, Nolan and I spoke about the Macabre Motel, which was like my one shot. Mm -hmm. So I guess I went from short stories to kind of building up into this two-parter, which is a little bit of a mini series. Right. Very cool. Are you able to like talk about little tidbits about part two? There we go. Oh, what, what's going on with part two? I'm lettering it now, and um, I've never had this um, this feeling where I'm working on something that's a continuation of another story, and I'm super excited about it, and I want to share it to people. But nobody's read part one yet, so it's like it's weird to share something that doesn't <laughs> don't have content right. before. So. Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm about 90% done lettering it, and I'm lettering it as the, the pages come in. So I'm still waiting on the, the final art, but we're almost done. It should launch in uh, June or July, so, so not, not too long from now. And the way, the, the way I describe the story is that uh, it's the polar paradox. So part one deals heavily with the polar side of things. You know, it's the diving in Antarctica, the adventure side. And in part two, we really get heavily into the paradox side. It's more, it's more story driven. It's more plot heavy. And um, really, we really lean hard on the mystery side of the, of the, of the, of the adventure. Yeah, like I want to read it now. <laughs> going to have to wait it's I, I i had a lot of fun with this book because i i played around with some with some double with some splash pages and some double page spreads so it was just it was just cool just playing around with stuff and and seeing what works and and antonio was great because i i wrote some stuff in the script and i said to him i have no idea if you're going to be able to envision what i'm writing here so if you don't just let me know and i'll kind of map it out for you and i did and i'm the worst artist ever so it's kind of just just crazy blueprint of just chicken scratch all over the place and then it's weird to do that send it to him and then he sends me back exactly what i was asking for so it was it was it was a great working experience nice. i hold it but what if i want to drink it then you got to let go <laughs> that is true <laughs> oh wow so the book the kickstarter wraps up you said it's a it's a three-week prod three-week uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. So we're in week two now. Yeah, we just started week two. You want to show them your Elmo Potty book? Yeah. I don't know if copyright will let you. <laughs> um, yeah, I got two weeks left. Uh, I'm not even... Everybody asks me about stretch goals. I'm like, I'm one of these people. I don't even think about stretch goals until I... Well, until you I, reach the goal, right? Yeah, that's when I start thinking about it. I, mean, I never count my chickens before I before before they hatch. I'm too, I'm too much of a pessimist to do that. And we'll make sure we put the link um, for the Kickstarter on. If this is, if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in that link. If it's, if you're watching the audio version of this, it'll be in the description on your audio part. So make sure you check it out. Um, 
Frank Martin has delivered some amazing books in the past, and you know if you're backing his Kickstarter, like he's going to deliver. This isn't somebody that like you're backing him, and then three years down the road, you're like, whatever happened to that Frank Martin guy? <laughs> he delivers. I, I, I wish people thought about me when I when I leave their lives, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't launch a project unless I'm at least ninety percent completed with it. So then, by the time the project the campaign ends, I would be a hundred percent complete because I just I have so much stuff lined up that if I don't have something finished, if I have to say, oh, now I got to go and finish it, everything else just gets backed up. So yeah, as soon as this campaign ends, I place the print order with the, the printer the next day, and uh, I try to fill. So I have fulfillment set for March, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people start getting their books by the end of February. So, cause, cause it's just, as soon as I place the print, uh, print order, my print is pretty quick. And then, um, and then I send out books as soon as I get them. But, but the only thing that holds things up at this point is the, the postal service. Cause it takes like right. a month and a half to get books. Yeah. And that's out of everybody's hands. Yeah. Have you, um, I sent out your, your Macau Motel, like, I don't remember a week and a half ago. Yep. Um, I got it yesterday. Oh, so there we go. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Last time I sent him a book, he told me it looked like a dog got a hold of it or something. And I've been in the postal service too. Yeah. You know, because you just, you, you just you don't know. But um, nope, this one, it's right there. It arrived perfect. It's kind of, it's just the cost of, of doing business. You got to assume at least one or two packages are going to come damaged or, or missing. But for this last campaign, it was more than normal. So, Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I've had, I, I had one guy that said, your package arrived in my mailbox. It was open and there was nothing inside. So he delivered it an empty thing. So, wow. Well, at least I didn't have that happen. I, I mean, I got to at least be happy about that. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. Hi, David. David. No. I got to ask you, because, you know, you've, you've done Kickstarter, you know, quite a bit. Now, for somebody who's thinking, you know, is, if Kickstarter is a viable option, like, what's, what advice would you give them if they're thinking about launching a Kickstarter? So my advice for somebody that's not familiar with Kickstarter, never done it before, is that it's not a, it's, it's more of a path to success rather than a means to success, if that makes any sense. Meaning that you can't just put your book on there. It's not, it's not field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You know, you still have to really put the work in before you ever launch and, right. and build up an audience, build up following, mailing list, whatever you have to do. You have to get your strategy, your game plan in order before you hit the launch button. So, um, yeah, it's creating the thing is probably the easiest part. The, the hardest part is rallying people to your side to back it. So um, don't expect to just put it on there, uh, put a, tell you what the story is about, put a couple images and be funded. You know, you have to have realistic expectations. You got to put the work in. And if you do that over time, Kickstarter becomes a cumulative effort where every campaign you run, you're going to get a little bit better. The backers that like your work will follow you and you'll, your reach will get bigger. So um, just, Patience and put your head down and start working. There we go. Can you head mention going to a local, like a little comic con? Um, once we can do that, do you think that that's an option for you later or down the road? Uh, I like local cons for a, a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, obviously, they don't have the, you're in the way. 
<laughs> Obviously, they don't have the reach of like the internet, but at the same time, uh, the interactions you have with Icon are so much stronger. You know, they're 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 personal. There's nothing quite like putting a book in someone's hands and having them physically flip through the pages. So while you while you might get reach more people uh, doing social media online. Um, you might make more of an impression on someone if you pitch them face-to-face -face and you see them face-to-face. -face. So, uh, yeah, I never rule out cons. I still have people that I met at my very first convention like six years ago that still follow me. So, um, yeah, that they, you can't rule them out. It's it's all part of the big package, you know? You can't – It's there's not any one thing that's going to contribute to success. It's all kind of part of the part of the package. Right. Why aren't you in bed? I know because you can't, you can't, you can't pass up an audience. That's why. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> the captain one. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Frank, when it comes to finding you online, how can people find you online? We'll put the Kickstarter link, but how else can they find you? So I'm really simple. I'm Frank the Writer. So you can find me at frankthewriter.com is my website. Got a whole bunch of free stuff there. Um, and you can sign up for my mailing list. That's the easiest way to follow what I'm into. Also, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm at Frank the Writer there as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm pretty easy. Great, great uh, handle, man. Like, that's gold, right? Like, how many Frank the how many writers named Frank are there out there? And you were able to get Frank the writer. Like, that's you know what? It's a I have a funny story with that. So I grabbed Twitter and Instagram at Frank the writer, but in Facebook, um, they have a they have handles. So if you have like an author page or whatever, you could put in a handle and it'll go right to it. But somebody already had Frank the writer. Oh no! So I was like, I need I can't have it being the only one that's not um. That's not part. That's not part of the same thing. It was I was Frank the author or something like that. Frank Frank Martin author. Oh, no. But but there's a um. So somebody told me that if if somebody has a handle and they haven't posted in a long time, you could contact Facebook and they'll yank it and give it to you. So oh, wow. so I did that. I was a little sneaky. I messaged Facebook and I said this person haven't posted. I would like the social media handle and um. And they gave it to me. So I was a little bit of a thief there. But you know what? I got the trifecta, so. They weren't using it. And, Frank the thief doesn't work, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, Frank the writer works. Across all platforms, Frank the writer. It does. See? So yeah, I, don't, I don't have to say, if you want to follow me on this, I'm on um, this handle and this handle on this platform, so. Right. Nope, it's really easy. So make sure, follow Frank Martin, Frank the writer. Uh, make sure you check out his Kickstarter project, The Polar Paradox, part one. Uh, part two will be coming later this year, but you have time right now to be a part of part one. So yes. uh, make, sure, make sure you do that. I'll be checking that actually right after we get off this back, podcast. I can, so I can afford a babysitter. <laughs> well, that's a stretch goal. <laughs> First stretch oh. goal, Frank gets a babysitter. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> well, Frank, we want to thank you once again. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, and we definitely look forward to more of your works in the future and more for the Polar Paradox. Stop. I can't hear. <laughs> but thank you again, Frank. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm sorry. My, my gremlins aren't in bed. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you are perfectly fine, man. No worries. All right, signing off. This is Nolan Smith. We are Pastrami Nation. We are the meat of pop culture. <laughs>